All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. We are back, fresh from our AK Concept Rifle course at Royal Range USA in Nashville, Tennessee. And we had a blast. The Leadheads that attended, you know what I'm talking about. If you Leadheads that didn't, you missed out. We had an amazing time. 212 Training Group, Jared Seagraves, Aaron Keener, and Kyle Moore part of the 212 training group, they came down and they put on one hell of a defensive rifle training course there at Royal Range USA. And then Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions, you guys know Brian, he was there also and he added to the curriculum with his armorers portion of that two-day course there that we just wrapped up. So this episode is going to have some interviews that we did during the course there at Royal Range USA. Uh, we're talking about the course curriculum with the guys at 212 Training Group. We get some of the students on, talk about their experiences, and then uh, we get Brian on to talk about his armors portion. And we're joined by a couple of surprise guests. So you'll, you'll hear who they are as you get into this episode. Uh, but as always, make sure you go and thank those that make this show possible. Our good buddies at Caltech Weapons, caltechweapons.com. Go show them some love on their social media, their Facebook, and let them know that you're a leadhead. As we made an announcement a couple episodes ago, go show our new sponsors, Nemo Arms, a lot of love. Let them know how much you appreciate them jumping on board and sponsoring the, the show for you guys. Seal One, their CLP, Complete Gun Care products completely green safe for the environment safe for you non-toxic after we got done running that course i gave my ods 1775 a nice bath in my seal one clp and uh, it really cleans and protects it does the job go check them out at seal1.net and use the code leadhead and you're going to get a nice big 25 percent discount from seal one on your order there Mission First Tactical, they sponsored some really nice custom AK Corner Concepts dump trays for us. You've seen our our uh, AK Corner dump trays they've done, our regular logo talking lead dump trays and tactical wallets. Go check them out at missionfirsttactical.com. And, of course, they've got the awesome minimalist butt stocks there for your AR-15s, the hand guards, the muzzle devices, and their uh, holsters. So go check them out, Mission First Tactical, and use that code again, Leadhead, at Mission First Tactical, and you're going to get uh, a nice big 20% off uh, your order from them. And we had some awesome t-shirts made up for this class, and we got to thank our buddy Danny over at Dipstick Coatings, formerly Dipstick Hydrographics. Uh, you guys know them as uh, Dipstick Dizzy Whizzle was our, our pet name for them. Uh, but they uh, kind of got out of the hydro dipping, and uh, they're concentrating more on the T-shirts, promotional items where you can get custom logos and, and things like that. So they did a really awesome T-shirt for us for the Talking Lead AK Concepts course, and we've got pictures of that, of those posted on our social media. So uh, go show them some love at dip123.com. And uh, if you guys got an event coming up, special event or something like that, Danny can take care of you guys there with all your promotional and custom needs. So this is going to be a two-part series, Leadheads. We did some interviews while we were there uh, at the range on site with the instructors, some of the students, and uh, we had some special guests. But um, 
We also did an after-action report episode, and that's going to follow this episode. So episode three, I think this is 385, so episode 386 will be part two uh, with the after-action report episode. So make sure you keep an eye out for that one when it drops as well. Uh, But without further ado, let's get into our AK Concepts course here in Nashville, Tennessee at Royal Range. Oh, just relax. (laughs) <laughs> you got a script? You want me to read something? Uh-uh. He has yeah. to make the No, I just have to know that we have... You're going to hate my show then. This is, this Turn is your mic on there. Sure. Let's do this. So these are directional, so you got to get up on them. All right. Yep. So you can't we, back here. If you want to pick it up and hold it, you can do that too. That's a cute mic stand. Yeah, I, I laced them with COVID. All right. All right, let's start with Jared. Let me get your levels. Check one, two, test one, two. And Can just you talk, talk your normal inside voice. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to talk my normal inside voice. And we've got, um, I don't know, to allocate how long to this, Aaron. What are you talking about? I don't know. The, the, how, the how, schedule for the rest of the afternoon. How, how long do you want to talk about this? We're going to do this know. during. We're going to do this during lunch. Okay. Can we chew in, yeah, and not be heard eat. in the mic? Soon? No, okay. I mean, it's fine. It just adds <laughs> to the, so Jimmy yeah. Johns is out of the question while we talk. Is it? No, it's no? not. Okay. We so eat Jimmy like, John's. We're going we're gonna to feed our faces while we're doing this. So yeah, like eat our faces. What did we get a little chip crunchy. I, I want to get this. You ordered for me. That's right, I did. What did you get? You I don't know. You ordered for me. Huh. You ordered well, I hope it. you like it. I like anything. I don't care. I'm not picky. Check, check, one, two, one, two, check. Lefty's mic, check, check, check. All right, so uh, we're going to do we're gonna an episode. So when you drag shit on the table, that's not good. Let's see that. Yeah. No more dragging. That's fine. No more dragging. Okay, we'll figure all that out through the show. So, um, Leadheads, we are back. It's a special episode. We are uh, day two. You've heard us talk about this this class, this course that we've been having uh, at Royal Range USA, the AK Concepts course with 212 Training Group. Uh, our good buddy and fellow Leadhead, Jared Seagraves. Glad to be here. This is a phenomenal place, Marty. Thanks for putting this together. We couldn't I knew you would be impressed with it. Oh, it's, it's I just, incredible. I just got to get people here so yes. they can actually, you just can't, words can't describe it. And you know, not, kind of not just the facility itself. The facility is beautiful. Um, the people here make yes. this place. Absolutely. Um, the, the staff, art, everyone we've met are just here to serve and make everyone's experience at this place better. So that's what makes the place the people. Very good, very good, and that's the experience I was hoping that you would get from it. So, yep. uh, help, you nailed it. Thank you for conveying that. You know, yeah. Helping me convey that. Um, but yes, it's it's been day two. We're at lunch right now. We're at lunch break. We still got a half a day to go, so we're going to try to get as much in as we can uh, here for this episode of the AK Corner um, with Jared. And Jared, you've uh, you brought in a couple of special operators with you here to help yeah, you with this I, training course. I, so, won't you introduce those for I us? I brought the guys that I chase as far as in, in, in shooting and just being a good man. Um, just phenomenal people. Kyle Moore from Arizona. Uh, Kyle and I met um, at Red October uh, in 19, I think. Is that we, the last one they had? That's the last yeah, one they had. So we, we met there, and we're both shooting for, for Occam and uh, was just super pumped to have him come out and help us out. And then – my my sidekick, my my boy Aaron Keener, who um, is from also from Texas, from McKinney, Texas. Very cool. And uh, we he he and I do a lot of a lot of teaching together and and bounce all over the place and we have a great time doing it. 
Now here you've got uh, this thing for fast cars too, Karen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's kind of a side hobby. Yeah, um, we might want to talk about that though. It's, it's ta- it, it sounds pretty interesting. It's taken a little bit of a backseat to uh, to the firearms world in recent years, but uh, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> backseat. <laughs> no, no, his cars don't have backseats. Yeah, no, no, have they got NOS right back there, right? <laughs> so, so which hobby is more expensive, Aaron? Uh, both, they're they're both <laughs> equally. As, they're both as expensive as you want them to be. Equally bank draining. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, I've had a couple of requests from from listeners. They want to talk more about the competition shooting side of you know with AKs. Mm-hmm. And I know that both of you, all three of you, actually uh, are competitive shooters with the with the AK. And uh, specifically, you've been using. Uh, recently the Occam Defense Solution, Brian Keeney with uh, 1775. He should be joining us. He's out right now. Brian is here. He is, he is, he's my consummate host here on the AK Corner, so I'm sure he'll join us here eventually. But um, I want to talk about that. But first I want to talk about the, the course that we've been doing here uh, here in Nashville. So, Jared, just kind of give us a, a high-level overview of, of what we've done up until this point and then where we're headed for the rest of the day. So yeah, uh, yesterday we spent the day really um, kind of developing the, a baseline for for each one of our, our shooters and um, visiting principles of the fundamentals of shooting. It doesn't matter what platform you're running, the AK or handgun or AR. It doesn't it doesn't matter. All those apply, and and basically just diving deeper into the principles behind that and understanding the why. Um, and one thing we like to explore is you always field questions about, well, what about this method of, of running a trigger or what about this stance or, um, you know, this optic or things. So there's Mm -hmm. so many opinions and, and theories and principles out there. We like to explore all those things, but we also want to, want to convey what is fundamentally sound and what's efficient and what works. So. Uh, yesterday, we we tried to establish baselines for everybody. What's your current level of performance? And a lot of there's variation within every there's variation within every class of, as far as the student base of levels of performance. But um, we try to design a curriculum that helps each and every individual one figure out where they're at, and two figure out what little facets they need to build on mm-hmm. and 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 then see progress you know and we see progress from day one and day two and, and honestly what makes this whole curriculum game a little tough is we have six days of stuff that we want to cram in two days and it can right. be a little overwhelming um well, especially for this one too because we threw a little curveball in with it too where we added an armor's portion to it yeah but that's that's been that's been spectacular because absolutely yeah one and what was interesting for us is we've never um ran a rifle class like this in an indoor range where we've had limitations on distance as far as zeroing things like that Mm -hmm. but um it it was still phenomenal and what the armorers portion allowed us to do and and i was honestly really thankful for this is we we had a breakout session where we split the class in half and for hour, hour and a half blocks, we would send half the class in with Brian, and they would dissect that rifle and learn how to service that rifle, learn it, learn inside and out. And the other half would stay on the range, and we would work, you know, skill sets and things like that. So then we would switch out, and that's been um, really beneficial to the pacing of this class. It's yeah. allowed us to pack more 
things in and layer more things on. Well, I think so. I think for it to be an AK class, you really need to throw the uh, you know the gunsmithing the armors portion in there for the the user to get to know the rifle because a lot of people are afraid of the the AK you know innards. You yeah, know, they're afraid to pop that top and. Uh, you know, and then seeing all that stuff, it's not an AR, you know, it's right. not their AR, which, you know, a lot of these people can just do ARs blind, you know, yep. uh, but I think that, and some people who think they know, you know, the, the insides of it, I mean, Brian went into some great detail, he even broke down the bolt, you know, breaking the bolt down in its parts and components and then reassembling it. Right. Uh, and, you know, so so getting the to know detail, you know, the detail of your rifle when you have a malfunction and being able to pinpoint it, you know, that's knowing your parts, right? You know, where where to start looking, where to investigate. So, I think this is the, the armor's, you know, was like perfect yeah. for this type of course that we're doing, specific AK forty seven. And and that specificity within that platform is a primary focus, of course, but we focus on two things. We're focusing on the gun and then the development of, of ourselves as shooters. And one of the things that we hope that we do a good job conveying is that every single thing we ask our students to do, they understand the why, and then they understand how they can utilize that in their own practice to, to analyze their their performance and and be a better self-evaluator yeah and that's one of our major goals and and uh, i think they're going to take a, a lot of ways that's our goal anyway well i mean after so day one uh, you kind of had a brought everybody together and then just kind of going over and asking if they had questions and you know doing kind of a debrief and what you learned and what you know why's and go go over that where you just kind of bring the end of the day together and then let everybody reflect on you know what they've learned that day yeah that that term right there is the most important thing because um the reflective process and it doesn't matter if it's shooting or a sport or your performance at your your current job um if you don't reflect on events or your performances and and evaluate yourself or evaluate someone else um we do that by sitting down and replaying it in our brain and really, even if it means taking notes, and a lot of people aren't note takers, but um, you know, a lot of this information can be overwhelming and you almost get sensory overload, but the way to do that is do a brain dump and, and your reflective process. I mean, what do you guys think as far as the value of that, Aaron and, and Kyle? Yeah, we do that, um, we do that every class. Um, I think this one's unique because we have some of that the armors block and we, we're splitting it up and, and I think um, it's really it's really really helpful to hear the students uh, reactions and and what they're taking away a lot of times it's stuff that we didn't deliberately teach or deliberately do a drill on this is individually what they see themselves as like here's what I took away from that mm -hmm. here's what I need to uh, need to focus on in my personal training when I take this back home um, here's what I did well um, and just those takeaways, they, they really help um, the whole class think about, um, you know, just their perspective or, or a unique perspective. And it helps us as instructors, um, you know, with, with curriculum in the future as well. Well, and it does, too, because this isn't a tactics course. This is a skills builder. And so we're not going to say that this is the one and only way to do something. We're going to give you a bunch of tools. I, I noticed that you guys have kind of started it off like that. You, you know, you let people know, it's like, hey, there's more than one way to do 
this. Absolutely, because what, what applies here and, and what applies elsewhere in the world under different circumstances may not be the same. So why not give them the full picture and let them choose what is most applicable in, in their life and their needs? Right. And so that reflection period at the end of the class is really nice for us as instructors because we get that direct feedback because some of these techniques may not necessarily be applicable to the general civilian. Yeah. And, and so why waste our time driving those home? Um, I did notice that there, you know, there are a few techniques that you guys are, you know, you're asking people to try in this, you know, mm-hmm. and the biggest one that, that I saw that most people are doing is on the reload, you know, they're doing the, the, the rake sure. uh, reload. Um, you guys have a little different take on, on that. So I wanted to talk about that too, as far as, you know, the, the mag reloads on the AK-47 and, uh, you know, people have different grips too. Like I've, you know, done some IDF training and courses and, you know, they taught me the five points of contact and, you know, all that. But I can see that, you know, the drills that we're running through um, different scenarios, a different grip, you know, it, it's okay to change your grip because you need that extra st- stability. So talk about some of those things that you guys are kind of, you know, with the AK-47 specifically that you're, you know, you're asking people to, you know, really try our style on this. Yeah. Um, so my approach to the AK platform itself is maybe a little different than Kyle's. And I think Aaron and I are much in the same boat. We're relatively new to it. Um, you know, been on it for, I've been on it for a couple of years now. And just like Brian and I have uh, discussed this in a number of times, bringing new shooters to the AK, the intimidation aspect is oh the safety's hard to run and it's clunky and the reloads are weird well that's that's the two manipulations that are unique to it and there are tons of ways to reload the ak and that that chop with the magazine the chop is, yeah i was calling it the rake, yeah, uh, yeah, the rake chop. chop whatever <laughs> whatever it's called i honestly don't even know what the damn thing's called so but basically, it's it's when you go for a reload, you still have the mag in. You come in, you hit the mag release and the mag with the new mag, and knock it out. Right, and which then you which works, in. which works. No, yeah. no one, we're not contesting that or saying you shouldn't do it. Um, the biggest thing is where did that come from? And it came from the Russians wearing big mittens that they don't have the the dexterity or the. The, the, their thumb and their fingers to do that, so they had to have that tool to do it, and um, that's a that's Which a makes vi- perfect sense yeah. as to why they would you know, right. teach that type it's of a reload. Viable reload, but well, there are other options. But that's really also, I mean, that, that so leadheads, we're going to eat while we're recording. So if you hear us munching and paper rattling, uh, <laughs> just ignore us. We're well, eating. We, we have we have to remember too that just in the last five years, the American AK has really evolved. And, and yes. our, our techniques and amplifications should as well. Uh, I, I remember the first Red October, everybody there was running a very basic wooden stocked comm block weapon. It was really an opportunity for AK enthusiasts to come together mm-hmm. and show off their weaponry. and Kind of authentic type thing. Yeah, exactly. More for the purists. And, and there, was, yeah. there were some of us that were making moder- minor modifications and, and seeking out certain products that, that were available but in, in a limited capacity. And... I think that that match specifically has really helped 
perpetuate the, the evolution of the American AK because it, it gave people the opportunity to come out and run their weapons and find the limitations and start brainstorming on solutions to those limitations. And, and so therefore, our techniques of operation need to evolve with that platform as yeah. well. Now, Cal, how many o o Red Octobers have you done? I've been to every Red October. Okay. How many has there been? How I think there's been, been five now. About five years? Yeah. And, of course, we missed four. Four. I've been to four. So if there's been more. Right. Yeah. But then we missed last year. Right. It was canceled last year. Yep. Because of the COVID. Well, and, and, or or, and originally it was. it was being held at the Southern Utah Practical Shooting Club in St. George, which is a little bit off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. You know, in the last couple of years, they moved to the Pro Gun Club there in Las Vegas, which is a fantastic range. But it, it definitely brought about a different crowd because it became more convenient for these individuals to fly in and, and, and get to the range rather than flying in and then driving three hours to get there. So it's a, that match has evolved. The AK has evolved. Our techniques have evolved. And, and that's really what we're doing here today is we're just showing here is the full picture. Pick what's applicable for your needs. But and that and that goes back to what Jared mentioned at first, which is understand why, right? And people do the uh, where where they're chopping the magazine with the new with the fresh ammo supply to do the reload. Well, there's a reason that that was created, right? And that was and, and that was because that's how the Russians started doing it, like we said. But there are, like Kyle was saying, things have evolved, and we've started to look for efficiencies in our movements, efficiencies in the patterns in which we operate um, the AK as it's evolved and there's other options now so understand why you do it um, a certain way and try different ways and that's what we're really trying to expose um, the students just to um, you know viable options that we've discovered so we were talking about the chop so talk about your method just just paint a picture for our listeners on how you guys go about a reload well so here's the beauty of it right I've learned every wrong way reloading AK over the years and, and, and I find that especially under stress the easiest way to go about it is to just discard the magazine that, that you're reloading don't don't worry about trying to retain that thing just get it out of there but do so in transitioning from the, the grip on your weapon with your your support hand to retrieving that magazine so again I'm not gonna sit here and say this is the best way or the only way but the way I prefer to reload an AK when it goes dry and it goes click rather than bang did reach up, flick the magazine out, retrieve a second mag, insert it, and, and get back at it. Uh, the other way to go about it would be to, and, and oh yeah, so Jared's giving me hand signals here, but <laughs> but I, I, I use my thumb in lieu of another mag. And, and the reason for that is that for competitive application, grabbing that second mag and then trying to fumble to chop it out, I've had that fail miserably. And there's also mm -hmm. added movements in there that are unnecessary. They cost us time, time is money. So I use my thumb, the inner webbing of my thumb, as if it were that mag. As my support hand's coming off the weapon, I catch that release inside of the web, slam it forward. I don't, I don't grip the mag, I'm just activating the release. Right. Retrieving a second mag, putting it in the weapon, and proceeding. Now, the other way to go about it, which I actually think is more positive, but in my experience on a shot timer has proven to be just a little bit slower, is to receive, retrieve your second mag first, and then with the same motion, use your thumb, not the mag, to release the mag that's currently in the weapon, because that motion and then inserting the second mag is identical. So it's a very positive insertion, because the, the biggest problem that we see upon reloads and AKs with students is they jam the mag in, they don't seat it properly, and, and then they, can, they don't pick up a round. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not nearly as friendly as an AR. So it's with, the, with that method, so with the, let's just go back to the, uh, what would you call it, the rake, the, what would you call it? 
chop. The chop, the chop method, you're typically you're going a lot further out with it. Well, yeah, and, and then with your method, you're the thumb, the web of the thumb. You're not going as far, so you're closer to the well uh, to the reload position anyway. Well, yeah. So, so is that why you're saying it's quicker? Well, like? I'm saying it's quicker because when you're when you're releasing your support hand off of the weapon, it's yeah. already moving from the fore of the weapon to your belt, and that mag happens to be in route. So you may as well discard it on your way to retrieve a second mag. Mm-hmm. If you're using your mag, your second mag, to chop the first one out, you're you're removing it in a vertical position from your belt. You're rotating it to a horizontal position to rake the second, the first mag out of the weapon. Then you're returning it to a vertical position and trying to orient this, and oftentimes under movement. So you're adding, you're compounding these movements on top of one another. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't work or it doesn't have an application, but in a competitive sense, I, I think it's inferior to other methods. Yeah. It, you know, we were joking about this yesterday. I won't. I own one AR, and it's chambered in 762 by 39. I'm very much an AK guy, always have been. And so, again, I've watched every video there is on YouTube. I've tried every method there is out there, and, and I run myself on the shot timer to determine what is fastest because that, in my world, that's what's important. So so there's one thing i gotta, I got to add to that. So a lot of people will say, well, this is a gross motor skill. This is, this is a bigger movement, and using your thumb uh, is a, a much finer um, motor skill, and you're not going to be able to do that under stress. So, Jared or Kyle, what, what, what's our take on that? Just being able to operate that under stress uh, with a fine motor skill versus, you know, you know, losing all dexterity. Well, see, my, my argument there would be we always know where our thumb is. That's not going anywhere, right? That, that's easy to identify and, and to manipulate. Whereas it's a known constant. That's exactly right. Why not use it? We use them every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only, you know, I still, I run an Occam, which is great for mitigating heat. And with other products that were out formerly, a, a left-handed <laughs> glove, if you're a right-handed shooter, was necessary so as to prevent burning yourself. Right. That's no longer the case with the Occam. However, I still wear a left-handed glove uh, because there are sharp edges on it and, and using the webbing of my hand hundreds of times in drills can can start to wear on you. Yeah. Kind of has uh, little girly hands too. Yeah, it's, it's my little girly <laughs> hands. That's what it is. And, uh, it's pampered. And, well, and, and, and charging the weapon as well, you know, especially if you're running something like a Krebs safety that's protruding off the side of the weapon and you're reaching under, it, it's very easy to hurt your hand, um, which you know, isn't the end of the world, but we can prevent that with just a little bit of PPE. Uh, as, as far as the, the class goes, um, did you go over what we've covered so far? Briefly. The curriculum of, of what, you know, if, when and if we do this again, hopefully, you know, we've got several lead heads here. We've got, we got a lot of uh, listeners that are here, uh, a lot of the Occam Defense um, customers, which are happen to be lead heads also. I mean, you guys have, have seen who participate on social media. PPRN is here. Uh, John Adams the third is here. Jerry Black is here. Um, uh, FPS Murdoch is here. Uh, I'm trying to remember everybody's like Instagram name, so they would they would know. But we got uh, several uh, of you listeners that that did take this class and participate, and I'm greatly uh, you know, I greatly appreciate that. And yeah, we can't make it. We've had a good time him, for sure. Right, right. but. But yeah, going so yesterday was about establishing a baseline, just running the gun, uh, manipulations, r- reloads, proactive reloads or tack reloads, whatever you want to call those, and just basically getting people comfortable with because some of these guys haven't spent a lot of time behind the AK, and that's of course why they're here. Some of them have, and we're there. We're approaching some things slightly from a different angle than maybe what they've heard before, and and they seem to be appreciative of that. Today, we've spent a little bit more time 
uh, basic movement, you know, basic movement with the, the rifle on footwork the range, and footwork, things like that, creating a stable platform. And, and a lot of people have done those things before, but we're really trying to get people to analyze themselves um, and, and understand that a lot of times when we add simple movement into things that some of the fundamentals of, of the shooting actually start to kind of break down and go away. And a lot of people ignore that or they don't even detect it themselves. So we're trying to get people to focus on what they are creating when they go through these, these drills. Not only what the paper's telling them, but, but analyzing their, their foundation and their, their them as a shooter and how that's integrating with the gun itself. And I mean, one of the best ways we could do that is maybe get one of these guys up here right now and kind of get some of their insight. Maybe we could get Paul. What do you think? I think we should. Let's hey, do Paul. that. Let's grab a couple of listeners here. here. Okay, so I'm going to introduce uh, Paul Fellows to, to you guys, and he's going to uh, throw the, the headphones on and the mic here, and, and Marty, you can just ask no, him. No, you both just. Okay. You both can talk. Oh, okay. He doesn't need the headphones. He's fine. He's oh. good. Okay. Yeah. Just get into the mic when you talk there. So, guys, this is Paul Fellows. He's drove up from Texas. He and his wife, um, and they're they're doing an awesome job. But Marty was kind of curious as to you know the pacing of the course, and I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it real quick, if you don't mind sharing. Right. Um, the overall experience of it has been great, um, as far as being taught from basics of of how to hold it how to stand your trigger positions your resets all the way through your movements and then finishing it up with your follow-through um, all reinforcing proper mechanics of actually how to operate this platform so how would you compare the i know you've taken other courses and you've taken jared's course before too um <clears throat> what would you say is the key like takeaway factor from this that maybe you didn't get from the other ones you know uh taking jared's courses before a lot of these drills are similar with the handgun platform so that has been an easier transition um with all that stuff taking away from it is actually shouldering the rifle and being able to move with it versus your little bitty in-hand pistol right now you're you're a relatively new listener to the show, is that right? Uh, Since Brian, June, kinda, July, yeah, yeah. So and thank you for Almost that. We appreciate year, yeah. it. Uh, and you've been you consummate listener to the AK Corner, right? And and we appreciate that. Um, what would you say as far as the AK Corner? What's something new that you would like us to to cover or talk about, or maybe oh. have a, a, a special guest? New stuff. I hadn't even thought about that. I just wait and listen and see what comes up next time. Yeah, you just you yeah. just wait and you trust us to bring you some good shit. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Very good, very good. So thank you for coming in. We appreciate it, man. And uh, would you come to another one of these if we, if we held another one? Oh, absolutely. Yes, okay. I would love to get more of that, even a, even on a different platform. Royal Range has been great. The whole thing has been great. Cool. Yeah, I mean, outdoors would probably be ideal. Uh, for the next one, but yeah, this has so been good. I mean, like like Jared said, I mean it's it creates a new environment for you guys, new training environment. It a, it actually gives us you know more opportunities, right? I mean, the, yes, we're a lim- little limited on space, but uh, but it, it forces us to work uh, and, and work on our offsets and <clears throat> and holdovers as well. So so also joining us uh, here in class, we got another long time leadhead, probably you know, one of the originals, right? Yeah, You've been absolutely. Listening since day one, haven't you? Episode one, yes, sir. Jerry Black, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, the 
man, the legend. The man, the legend. About all that. I mean, you've won many, many of our contests and giveaways. Yeah, I got a, I got an AK pistol. Yeah. Got magazines. Right. I mean, we take care of our listeners, don't we? Yes, you do. (laughs) You were running some of those mags today. I tried to steal a couple of them from you in class, but. So what what's your take? Is this is this the first defensive rifle course that you've ever taken? This is the first rifle course I've taken. Yes, and uh, the one thing that stands out the most is it really reminds you of how much you don't know that you think you know. Mm-hmm. So, Didn't one of you just say that? I don't. You, know, you don't know what you don't know until that's you. Right. Yeah. So what would you say? Uh, you're relatively new, AK. Uh, owner operator yeah, about four years now yeah okay so pretty new yeah uh you just you bought a new one didn't you for for this or yes yeah well you, I was well, you bought one while you were here but the one that you're running how long have you had that one i've had that one about four years that's the one you've had about yes. four years okay so in those four years that you've been running that and then compared to what you've learned in this class what new have you learned that you're just like oh how did I not know that? That's that's uncomparable. Uh, it really is. Um, I learned that there's a huge difference in stance, especially where I put my elbows. Yes, yeah. that's huge. Um, from more of a precision rifle background to more of a fighting rifle that this is. Mm-hmm. It's very different in stance. It's different in. Uh, sight picture everything your lower body your upper body everything everything yeah yeah I, I made that comment earlier about how my my grip on the the rifle you know i have to in certain unlearn. circumstances it's good but you know with what they're teaching here it's it's okay to change that and and adapt right you have to unlearn what you know to relearn how to run this and that's hard you it's know, hard to do i have a question for you what, okay. what features provoked your recent purchase your, your new purchase where do I start? Yeah, what, what was your um, last platform lacking that, that this one offers? You're talking about between the AKs? Between the one you're running today and the one you purchased yesterday. Okay, so the one, the, the big, one of the biggest features is weight. Okay. So the, the Occam is so much lighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost feels about half of the weight as, as, what, as, what, my, as what my Century Arms does. So that's that's one thing, and plus watching some of these guys in the class and seeing how accurate that thing is, and I know that there's a lot to be said, and and we covered some of it today, but you have to have the the differences between a mediocre gun and a good gun, and what I've got is a mediocre gun, and I'm upgrading to a good gun, and that's not everything, but put that together with what we've learned here this weekend, and it makes all the difference in the world. Very well put. I like that. Indeed. So, um, you have any questions for, for Jerry? No. I didn't hear what they asked. Yeah, you were gone, so. It was, they were good questions. <laughs> they were good. Jerry, thank you so much, and we appreciate your support, buddy. Thank you. And uh, look, forward to, look forward to having you at the next class. All right, sit down. Come on, come on up. Come on Tell us, down. Tell us who you are, what you do. Uh, <laughs> Just, my name's Joe. I'm a mechanic by trade. <clears throat> Joe the mechanic. I fix. He's one of those kind of mechanics. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Usually it's those kinds of engineers. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've, you've taken several 
courses, rifle courses, pistol courses, right? I'm a multi-tactical response alumni and I've taken a Sentinel Concepts class and my girlfriend's a firearms instructor at a local range. I've taken multiple classes there. So Perfect. So you've got a lot of uh, different uh, experiences. Um, compare what you've uh, had in the past to what we've done this week so far So with the, the AK. The majority of the training I had has, has been trained around or it, I don't know how to describe this. The weapons handling has been taught at, uh, that's based around stress. Whereas this is a skills class, in my opinion, how do I get faster, more efficient? What's a, what's a better way, right? Mm -hmm. Not just optimize for stress and there's one way to do everything, but if, if I'm gonna put as much time as I do and like competition shooters do and figure out a better way, then... Uh, you turn to it get a little, a little bit, bit louder, yeah. Yeah, a lot louder. You got to get closer to it, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Down. That's fine. <clears throat> um, like, what's the better way? You know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. What works best for me? Yeah. And this is the experimentation under a watchful eye and a knowledgeable instructors to find out what's the the best for the person that's doing it, not just blanket statement. Do it this way. And it's been very valuable for me. I've gotten a lot faster at a lot of things and uh specifically recoil control and i'm not a small guy so so let's touch on your reloads here for a second because <laughs> yesterday you won a little competition we had and you ran two different techniques front to back so mm -hmm. what was your first technique versus your second so kyle explain what what the competition was they got two reps so just talk talk through it right so so the, the competition was we, we had a loaded chamber an empty mag Press the trigger, had a bang, press the trigger a second time, a click. At that point, there's a force reload, uh, chamber the weapon, and one more round on target. And, and we ran this on a shot timer. Yes. Right. And what, what was your time? Uh, first or second? Both. The first one was, I think it was 4.7 something, but I was so angry at myself for screwing shit up that I can't say that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my you kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, what was it? I think it's time. The initial time was four eight nine. So okay. describe okay. the initial reload you did. Okay, so I had my mind made up. All right, so let me let me take a step backwards. What I've always done, having taken another rifle class with an AK, I was taught to the I, was it the Russian reload? I think is we use the mag. To yeah, we're, the other we're, mag. we're nicknaming it the chop. chop. The, rake, the chop. <laughs> <laughs> so I was taught the chop, and uh, and then in the class, one of the two other methods it was taught was after you have the the mag you're reloading with in your hand use your thumb to drop the empty mag and then rock the new one in so i'd made my mind up that's what i was going to do <clears throat> and then somewhere in the oodle loop or i don't know something i had screwed up so one reload one in the middle of the drill i grabbed my other mag go to do the reload and when i got to the magazine well i was halfway in between the chop technique and halfway in between using my thumb the thumb couldn't reach the the uh release and the angle on the mag was wrong and i just like bobbled everything until i finally got it back together and and finished the drill <clears throat> and uh and i was mad at myself right i screwed it up whatever so I was like, okay, that didn't work. Too much muscle memory in trying to neural pathway, relearn neural pathways. So I decided for the second one, I, I need to dump the mag before I put, get the new one to put it in. So the second round, uh, I did exactly that. And bang, click, drop the mag with my thumb, grab the new mag, rock it in, bang again. And my time dropped, what would you say it was? 4.55. 4.55 on the second one. So, and I, I 
where I screwed up, I didn't slow down trying to put the second the reload in, which is where I I bobbled a little bit. But even still, I mean, that's a pretty significant. It could have it could have probably been two tenths faster. Mm-hmm. But what the what your that bobble in your mind is bigger in your mind than it was in reality. Mm-hmm. It was still phenomenal to, mm-hmm. for you to switch gears like that after you you have this primary way you've done it that primacy in your mind and then you default you you chose to take that recency path and you rocked it so mm-hmm. it was awesome it's, it was funny today you touched on tachypsychia and when i did both of those uh drills it did not feel like four and a half or five seconds it felt like 10 seconds it just everything was like super slow it just felt like it took forever well so. we, we were also <laughs> live streaming there was a lot of stress everyone was staring yeah, at you they had stopped yeah. the live stream before i started oh you so lucked out then yeah i was my heart was still like I, I get that i'm not a competition shooter i think i've been on a timer yeah like i quit right when life. you did yours yep <clears throat> i was like all right we'll yeah. cut it off now and then but, but there's a good amount we'll of pressure on you man there's well my heart one. was already like I, for half an hour after that I've done force on force training so Anytime, for whatever reason, ever since I've done a force on force class, when I get on a timer, like I, I, uh, I'm going into a scenario. The scenario is there's a timer, but the scenario. I go back to some other scenarios that like everything just jumps in and my heart rate goes up, and before the timer even beeps, I'm already thump 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 thump. We'll, so. we'll get ready because we got a lot more timer coming up. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we still got a half a day coming up. Yeah. So. As long as we're learning, that's the, and, and I'm sure we will be. So. No, but this cool. is impressive. What did you win? Um, but to be honest, I know it's a, a flat pack, but that's I don't. Haley strategic. strategic, yeah. Flat pack plus. Try to say that ten HSB. times fast. Yeah. What is it, Jared? Haley strategic flat pack plus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Courtesy of two twelve training mm-hmm. group. So appreciate that. Worked out well because in. Well, congratulations on that, man. Thank so we, we yeah, want to well see done. some. We want to see some posts on social media with that. You know, I got to make a profile first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to go do all that. Yeah, so. no. but we appreciate you uh, taking well the done. course. Thank you no, so I'm, much I'm, for I'm, so thanks for the us. opportunity. This is awesome. I I really really love for this class. I'm a mechanic, like the the armors portion. Like to be honest, that's the reason I came. But. I'm glad I did because, like, I'd anticipated more of what I've already learned, which was do things this way, not figure out what works for you. And it's it opened up a whole new spectrum of things for myself to self-analyze. So thank you, Very guys. Cool. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Who we got next here? Rolling in. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Introduce yourself. Uh, Dane Birch out of Salem, Virginia. Salem, Virginia. You, right. you came a long way to be here. Eh, not too bad. Did you fly or drive? Oh, we drove. You drove? Yeah. What, what, was it like 12 hours? No, it's like six and a half. That's it? Yeah. Wow. How fast did you, you drive? Ever, you Marty, know? Marty, have you ever seen where Virginia <laughs> is on the map compared to Tennessee? We yeah, kinda, it's way out touch. there. Yeah, we kind of touch. Right it's far there. away. It's you know, like coming to Nashville is a long drive for me, you know, coming out of Murfreesboro to Nashville. You driven with Aaron. It's not, yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's not like Texas where you can drive 12 hours and still be in the same damn state. It is going long ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going up and down, it's not. Yeah. North and south, no, it's not at all. So uh, is this the first rifle course you've ever taken? Uh, first rifle course, yes. First training course, no. Okay. So talk a little bit about your background in training. What, what other courses have you taken? Multiple handgun, multiple shotgun type classes from Tech Response. Okay. And, a uh, fellow alum? Yeah. Uh, the armorer's course here really appealed to me. Meeting all you guys really appealed to me. 
And uh, I got to tell everybody, if you haven't shot with a shot timer, man, it's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Adds a little bit of stress, doesn't it, man? Yeah, it's uh, good times. You did good, though. I mean, you did no. I could see that you, you, no, were, very, you, you were very focused. Yeah, you and you had, you had the way things were going to go in your mind. You, Until you, they didn't. <laughs> Until they didn't, exactly. And that's kind of where you fell apart. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what they're trying to teach in this, too, is, you know, everything's not going to go perfect, but you got to keep moving. You got to keep working through it. Yeah. You know, so uh, talk about, uh, you know, other than the armors, which, you know, we're, hopefully we'll get Brian over here. I don't know if he's still here or not, but we want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, what have you, this is your first rifle course. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been shooting an AK? What's this, day two? Day two? <laughs> we'll go with two days. Okay, so. I'm a collector of things. I'm not necessarily a <laughs> But is your past experience with ARs? No. So this is your first rifle? Yeah. Okay. Shotgun. Okay. That's it. Gotcha. So uh, what's, compared to the handgun courses that you've had in, in training, how's this differ for you? You can mess up a lot more trying to be speedy on a rifle than you can with a handgun. Um, it is a lot less forgiving. Um, that's all I get. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a whole lot more exciting fun than shotgun. There's more moving have, parts to the... Yeah. And you're obviously not reloading as much, but uh, it is it is a challenge. Yeah. So as far as uh, what you've learned so far, what's been your favorite drill that you've done with these guys? Run through the drills. I mean, I oh, got you. Man, drill. Say I got that again. you. Yeah. yeah what Shooting on the move and uh, the uh, put all the rounds in the box. Yeah, you, you didn't realize that we were going to do ballroom dancing today, did you? Dude, as long as I can lead, you can stand on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you did some shooting on the move today. Yeah. And when you said put them all in the box, that was when we had you on a shop timer. And yeah. you had to go into prone yeah. under a certain amount of time yes. and put five rounds in a very small one-inch box, right? Yeah, yeah that was yeah, fun. You rocked that, dude. That I, was the I, only I, one that uh, the timer I enjoyed. No, I, I remember seeing your groups, man. Those, those were tight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cheated. I went down to my knee. I didn't go prone. And you only shot twice. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I got this yeah, thing in, in, some in ways, my back. That's, that's I don't know far more difficult. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh so the are you running an occam yes okay so you have an occam this is your first rifle that you've so you don't have really have anything else to compare it to so uh talk about your experience with your rifle that you've had in this, this you had any problems with it what do you like about it anything you change uh, about it add to it the only thing i'm going to change and or add would be go ahead and either change the the piece where your, where your suppressor goes. Yeah, the, the, the brake? muzzle device. The brake? Yeah. So muzzle I'll make the muzzle, de muzzle device. I'll make that change to where it'll match the suppressors I have versus matching suppressors I have not purchased yet. Gotcha. Because the silenced ones, oh man, yeah, that's the way. Yeah, we got a couple. <laughs> uh, running, when are you guys running one can, yeah. right? What are you uh, running? Yeah, we, we were running the, uh, the Dead Air. Sam and S on the on the ten five Occam for uh, that was yesterday we were running that, uh, but we also got a Sam and K in here, not us, but there's a yeah. couple of suppressors. Charles in here that, has that yeah. right, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, um, uh, who has the OSS? 
Um, no, that's Charles. Charles has Charles that. Has yeah, that. No, yeah. yeah, someone's running the same NK as well, mm-hmm. and it's yep. it's sounding pretty good. Um, but yeah, we got a couple suppressors in here. We got a couple ten and a half inch with no suppressors and muzzle brakes as well, which uh, which causes a, a small explosion every time it goes off. It's uh, I, think, <clears throat> I think they've actually cracked the foundation um, yeah. several times. Broke a light yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah black light. <laughs> little, <laughs> I think, it's a little I think when you suppress one, that's really when an awkward shines. You know, when you're getting all that back pressure, all that heat build up in that gas tube. And it's not transmitted to your hand. That that's really when you start seeing the benefits of the Merc. Yeah, seeing the uh, seeing the OSS out here on the Occam, like that, I'm I'm really impressed with the performance of that. It's it's been uh, it's been really cool to see that. That's okay. the first time. I, that's the first time I've got to witness a lot of rounds go through uh, that type of a suppressor. Because mo- most people are still running the, you know, your kind of standard baffled suppressors, surefire, dead air, um, you know, and and those are. You know, relatively similar, a little bit different tone and pitch, yeah. um, those things. But seeing the OSS is such a different design, it's just it's really kind of cool to see. Well, we're, uh, we're running short on time. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. you coming yep. all the way Thank from Virginia. You. And uh, if we have another one, would you come? Yeah. Okay. Didn't we get a request to have one in Virginia yesterday from, from yeah, the live? On the live stream, yeah. On the live stream. Yeah, we, we uh, have been coming to Virginia for the past two years. Uh, we've got a location uh, in Winchester. And we're working on scheduling our next Winchester, Virginia training. Hopefully, we'll have that up on the calendar within the next four weeks. Um, but we're going to be working hard for that. So you leadheads, uh, stay tuned. Keep following. You know, keep track of the website and and yeah. the media post. So we're going to we're going to be working hard on the calendar. If you want one in your area of the country, get in touch with me or Jared, either one, and let us know. And uh, if you get enough people, we probably put something together. Yeah, and we, we absolutely understand uh, the ammo issues now, and we are kind of scaling back our round counts a little bit. That doesn't mean it, it's diminishing the value of the processes at all. Um, it just means, you know, we're, we're very conscientious of what's going on because we're fighting the same fight. So We're also giving some good tips on things you can do at home that don't require yeah. the ammo, you know, some of these drills that you, can, that you can run from home, which is... You know, extremely beneficial, especially in these times. You know, with the oh, absolutely, and I mean, the vast majority of, of technique can be practiced without ever expelling around. I mean, if you want to double tap fast and shoot fast, you've got to burn ammo. There's no way around that. Right. But, but trigger press, side acquisition, building movements. a good foundation, movements. Yeah, all of this yeah. can be practiced Footwork. without ever spending around. Yeah. And, and that's really the point here is we just want to provide everybody with a, a, a lot of different skills that they can walk away with and digest and, and determine what works best for them and, and implement it in their own trainings at home. What's the what's the rest of the day hold for us here? Mm, I think we're going into weapon transitions. Yeah, so we'll do some primary to secondary weapon transitions. Uh, we'll do some target transitions. Um, and then we'll do a couple competitions after that where we're giving away a couple more prizes. So Nice. So. And I, don't, I don't know any other training course that gives as much back to the students, you know, than, than we have, you know. Got the prizes, the competition shoots. I mean, it's fun too. We have fun with it. The shirts, the hats, the. Uh, I mean, if you were here, Alcom Defense gave away some awesome discounts that, you know, spe- you know specifically for these students. Yeah, they're going to have to earn them today. We we haven't given them <laughs> away yet. Um, they're going to have to step up and uh, and, and yeah. perform a little bit. But yeah. it's going to be fun. That's but that's something that we do different than you know maybe you've taken you know, our listeners have taken courses in the past and. And the interaction that you guys do with the students too, not just you know during, but after the you know the class too. You know we go to dinner and we hang out and you know mm. continue on the the conversation. This too. this entire experience 
for all of us is about the people. It's about them because we, we don't get to do this without them. And uh, I know that we've personally been to trainings where you go through a drill, you go through a rep or something, and, and training versus practice training, you want feedback. It's like a coach watching you in any sport. We've all played sports. So you go through a process and you look to an individual to give you criticism and say, what do I need to work on? And I've, I've been to courses where I hear, okay, good job, next. And I'm like, hmm, I would kind of like some input. So that's yeah. what we want to avoid. We're, we're constantly trying to provide input and sometimes, from our standpoint, that it feels like maybe it can be overwhelming, and, and we so there's a balance there. You know, we try to with each with each repetition, we try to give somebody one at least one point one input. Okay, yeah. and usually it starts out with you did this perfectly and this really well. Try to think about this next time. You know, because we want people to concentrate on their successes just as much if not more than what didn't go right that sure. makes sense yeah absolutely so guys let's uh let's answer some of these questions from our listeners on competition shooter right. uh, with the ak-47 um now there's only a couple of like ak specific uh competitions that i'm aware of yeah, yeah. Kalash bash being one and then red october yeah. And there might be another one. Isn't there another one out there? There is, but those seem Can't to be the, the two larger, more popular ones. Right. Um, but is there anything – we need 20. We need 10. How about 10? How about eight? eight everybody, <laughs> every, about everybody, everybody I'm sorry. I gave Marty the, the five-minute Yeah, sign yeah, yeah. Right, everybody's back in here. Rapid so. fire. We could come back to this, too, if we have, okay, if we yeah. have time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, we got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, and – and you shoot AKs solely, exclusively, exclusively right, Kyle? Yep, that's right. And are you AR and AK yeah, on I'm your pretty, competition? Yeah, pretty mix of both. Um, actually, AK is probably a secondary platform. I'm probably a little bit more heavy on the AR side. Okay. So Aaron's more on the AR side, and then Jared, you're probably about 50-50. I like it all. You like it all. Yeah, it goes bring right. it all on. on man. Yeah. But, but some of these uh, just competitions, mm-hmm. you can use an AK, right? You don't have oh, to sure. use an AK. You can use whatever rifle you want, right? Unless it specifically states. Well, you can, but the, you know the AR is the American <coughs> rifle. You can build one like a set of Legos. That's what AR stands for, American uh, rifle. The American rifle. I was trying to figure that That's out. That's it, man. Yeah, not arm light. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so up until these these products came out more recently, it it really was it was apples to oranges. It, it wasn't a fair comparison, and to go yeah. run a Comlock. AK sure. against a modern AR, it, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But now, the, the argument of ergonomics is a moot point. The argument of the, the sights, moot point. Accuracy. Accuracy, moot point. It, right? Yeah, at this point, it, it's preference. And, and me, you know, the analogy, I guess, would be if you treat your gun like a lawnmower, buy a Glock, you know, and it's the same if you treat your rifle like a lawnmower, buy an AK. Yeah. And, and I am. I'm a dirtbag, man. So I, I like my AK. I don't clean it very often. It doesn't let me down. That's what I run. Right. What about you, Aaron? 13. No, I feel, I feel the same way. I think the AK is just is just a bomber platform, man. And I think it's it's evolved to a point where you can we can, we're starting to get some extreme precision out of them mm-hmm. that no one would expect. Everyone's always looked at the 762 by 39 as just this inaccurate, 
you know, if it's if it's under 100 yards, you'll probably be all right. But anything over that is just not going to happen. But we've ran these things out to 300, and, and we're grouping and, and very combat effective. Like not not just like oh one out of four hits. It's like it they are consistent. They're very consistent, and these platforms are just as reliable. Actually, I think more reliable in many conditions than the AR platform. AR, I think I think Kyle hit it on the head. I think everyone's just really familiar with it. Uh, you got you know prior to COVID, you had just you know buy a lower for 40 bucks you slap it together you can have a uh, you know and and the 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 manual of arms is just pretty simple you can find you know thousands of youtube videos on how to run it and everything else there's just not a lot of knowledge about some of the modern ak features and and functions and there's a lot of myths out there what would you say the biggest myth is in your opinion i think either probably the inaccuracy uh and just how hard it is to manipulate what, what about you, Kyle? Is everybody back? Yeah. I don't see you. Everybody's back. back. Yep. The biggest myth. The biggest myth around the AK? I, In I, your opinion, I, yeah. I, as I, far as, as for competition use. Oh, for competition use. I, I think accuracy as well. You know, for a long time I heard people talk about how we were trying to compare Chinese or er, uh, military surplus bulk ammunition to American brass ammunition. But, yeah. I, you know, I've got a bulk gun chambered in 762 by 39 with that same steel case per damn prime military surplus ammo we're ringing steel at 820 we're consistently doing it 600 nice. meters i mean th- that cartridge will reach out there now it not the most effective cartridge to do that with yeah but yeah i think that the biggest myth is that the, the 223 is superior in, in some ways maybe sure depends um, on the application ab- absolutely yeah it depends on the application still apples to oranges in a lot of ways but I, I think at this point, the argument of AK versus AR just comes down to preference. There, there's not one that's better for any one reason. What's one of the, the big uh, uh, three-gun competitions that are out there that you that you guys have been in? I've, I've never shot three-gun. You've never I done the three-gun? Do you do three-gun? No, three I, ha- I haven't done three-gun, no. I've done very small three-gun matches, just real local and you know, local real stuff. small local stuff. Yeah, yeah, like 25 shooters just a couple of times. Yeah. I haven't done it very much. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I was wanting to get your opinion on these, those three guns that you run. How many AKs do you see? None. Zero. None. 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 None at all. Never. I, I've know, never and with I, I know a lot of competitive shooters that do run three gun. No one's even mentioned an AK. Yeah. So, again, I've never shot a three gun, but have you guys seen people running, like, 12-gauge AK variants? Yes. Seen, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so they are. They're, they're present, just not 12-gauge? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Sega or something along those lines. Say Kalash has got one out. Uh, Kalashnikov has one out. Yeah, Kalash USA. Yeah, in fact, that's the first time I saw one. It's been six or seven years ago, but a guy was running uh, an AK-12, whatever they're called. Yeah, so I fully expect that in the next year or two we'll we'll see those. Well, granted, we were able to get ammunition. I I think we will see those start coming into two or three gun because the AK is becoming more and more popular every month. Yeah, I mean, you can't open a major magazine, shooting magazine these days, and not, not see, see, a, see a whole bunch. And of especially them with companies out. like Brian that are innovative and in bringing mm-hmm. you know into the the twenty first century. Absolutely, uh, you, I think we're going to start seeing even more of those, and we're going to start seeing even more of those in these uh, three guns and just you know regular competition. Oh, I think stuff. so too. Yeah, and hopefully you know the ammo is going to catch up with that too. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna Six get years. back to class. All right, let's we're gonna get back something. to class, but we want to come back. I want to talk about uh, accessories and you know, things like that for the absolutely. Please, I've the yeah. tried them all. Let's, all right. let's <laughs> delve into that. Cool, cool. Jared's an ass. Yeah, sorry. <laughs>
good stuff, man. That's a good start. Yeah, I mean, hell, we could talk for hours. But. And we will. <laughs> oh, but we just got started. All right, guys, I think everybody's back. Uh, Sandwich? Absolutely, man. Appreciate y'all doing it. And we do. We got to finish it up, so let's not forget that. Uh, if we have to do it at home, we'll do it at home. All right, cool. Like Luke Combs is worried about a picture of him in front of a Confederate flag. <laughs> <laughs> think about the pictures there are of me out there. <laughs> All right, let me get your mic levels. I like scotch, scotchy scotch scotch down in my belly. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. You're good. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? What's your name? Where are you from? Jeff Carmichael, Nashville, Tennessee. Get on it. <clears throat> Work right here, Royal Range. All right, let me hear yours. Hey, Marty. Um, you got turn it on. Turn it on. Hey buddy, how you do? Oh, there it is. Yeah, very yeah. nice. All right, yeah, you're good. Yeah, fuck you. You know the, you know the routine. <laughs> the hey buddy was a little creepy. Just hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we tracked Brian down. He's been running around like a chicken with his head cut off, or is it more like a man in demand? I think that's probably what it is. Everybody's pulling you to the side, wanting something, asking you this, asking you that, picking the big brain on Brian. Well, like I said, I don't have ducks. And they're not in a row. I got squirrels, <laughs> and they're at a rave. They're at a rave, raving squirrels. So we're at the uh, the AK Concepts course here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're like day two and a half, or one and a half, I guess. We're getting ready to go into second half of day two. And uh, the first two days, we kicked it off. We split the classes up. We did armors, and then we did some range time. And uh, you were doing some. Some pretty detailed, um, but I guess what would be considered to you just novice kind of armor type stuff with the AK-47. Talk about this golden nugget that you've added to our course here with your Occam Defenses Armors course. Yeah, so I've, I've titled it Care and Feeding of the AK. Um, we went over field stripping the gun, getting the bolt carrier out, disassembling the bolt, getting it back together, um, safety checking the bolt. You know, there's uh, uh, one of the big, the big safety check on a on a bolt when you're putting it back together is giving it the the rattle. You know, making sure that that firing pin is is rocking around nice and free in there, and also that the this is not a safety thing, but that the extractor, that little monkey hand that sits out to the side that grabs the cartridge and and yanks it out of the out of the chamber, that that thing's flexing right. And um, then we went over this morning, we did uh, the fire control group, and uh, there's a functional safety check that I think is the most important part of that. Yeah. Making sure that um, those access pins are retained, that you've got the proper amount of clearance with your safety down to the trigger, which is an incredibly critical on an ALG trigger. And just sort of, uh, yeah, some other, some other things that have to do with accuracy and how how you as a shooter contribute to your group size and when it's time to fix you in terms of getting more training and when it's time to fix your gun, by which I mean level up and buy a more expensive accurate gun, assuming when we're talking about working on accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've also gone over some issues with uh, ammo reliability that we've seen lately during COVID. And so they got a deep dive on the different failure modes I'm seeing and stuff to look out for and ways to mitigate that. Well, let's talk about that. 
Sure. Let's do, because you uh, uh, recently have had some bad, I guess, bad luck with the with the ammo and the, I guess, the quality control of the batches that you've been getting, as as well as have some other people that I've heard uh, with the ammo. Are you are you hearing that too, Jeff? Uh, Introduce yourself. I'm sorry. I'm Jeff Carmichael. Work here, Royal Range. I do all the full auto stuff. Yeah, he's all he's the fun the, stuff. The full auto genius here. He actually uh, uh, worked on my AK. I brought that rear sight tower, one of Brian's rear sight towers in, and he put it on uh, one of my other AKs. Uh, which one was it? The Palmetto State, I think? I think so. Yeah. It was a booger bear, but you got it done. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him the wrong rear, rear sight tower in, the, in his defense. Uh, but, you know, being here at the range, are you guys, because you sell tons and tons of ammo here when you, when you get it. So. I mean – most of the stuff we're running's pretty much all been Tula, and really with Tula, you can't go wrong. So you guys haven't had any problems or so far with that. We'll talk about what well, you the and, issues that you ran into, Brian. Well, and these guys, Royal Range is a, you know, they might not look it from the street, but they are a major outfit, and they buy very large quantities of ammo. And so uh, they have control over their supply in a way that, that others might not on a mom-and-pop shop level or whatever. Um, but, yeah, we've seen a couple. Uh, one gun coming back with um, the being so badly overpressured that the a bunch of primers were rattling around in the firing pin channel. So speaking of that rattle test earlier, mm -hmm. um, that's a, a real good thing to check is to make sure that your firing pin, when you pull the bolt out of the gun, so, you know, you pull the dust cover, pull the recoil spring, pull the bolt carrier back, rotate the bolt out of there, and just giving it a shake next to your ear and making sure that that thing rattles free is good. And, well, we had one that where the firing pin channel is just crammed full of brass from the primer actually getting blown back through the hole that the firing pin comes in. Oh, shit. And uh, stacking up in there. Um, that was one interesting one. Um, and uh, we've had some others with headspace issues where the cartridge is just way too big to even chamber in the gun. And so those are two examples of what I've seen. There's other stuff like it, but um, basically, yeah, like make sure your, your gun chambers uh, your rounds. And uh, for folks with uh, really large head, you know, big head spaces, if, if they're hanging out more like closing on a no-go, they're not gonna see this as much, but um, we chamber our guns fairly tight. Um, they're within the spec, but we're on the tighter end, and so we're a lot more sensitive when ammo's really out of spec. You're going right. to see it more on our guns. And, uh, yeah, on a on a, a sloppy AK, you're not going to see the when – when a cartridge is five thousandths or six thousandths over headspace, which is a large amount. That might sound like a small number, but it's big. Um, you'll see it on, on one of our guns when you might not see it on, on a – you know, yeah. uh, on a, on a, with a this, looser gun. This, uh, this, you know, the ammo issue is just, you haven't seen it up until like six months recently. ago. Yeah. yeah no, it's ago. our guns haven't changed. The ammo has very definitely changed. And with the firing pin channel issue, like with the primers going into the, uh, firing pin channel, that is disastrous for any AK. You yeah. know, that's a, that's like a, a bunch of proof loads basically. Let's we'll talk uh, about the, your first experience with it when you were doing, you know, you were, you were test testing your rifle and you're just like, you, know, you weren't getting the groups that you normally get, and you kept thinking it was the rifle. Talk about that. Oh, yeah, that was actually Jared from 212. Um, he was wanting to send a gun back to us because uh, it had been a sub-MOA gun, 
and all of a sudden the pattern was blown all to hell. It was like 12 MOA or something. And um, I had assumed he had checked with a bunch of different kinds of ammo and stuff, but uh, that I, I think he may have, but it ended, he, he got unlucky in how he was running his ammo. Yeah. And uh, he tried it on some, uh, some of our known good ammo and it was still a sub MOA gun. And so that wasn't a headspace issue. That was just crap ammo. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, stuff is definitely opening up what we're what we're seeing is is definitely a change in quality um over the last six months or so um our issue where i first started to get keyed up on this was uh um we had a whole batch of 12 guns that failed reliability we check our guns after they're they're sort of birthed but before they have paint on them right we run a bunch of rounds through and make sure they kick brass real well and uh uh every single gun failed for reliability they'd run you know 20 rounds great and then one would just kind of plop out onto the ground and uh we have a standard that we have at least five foot of ejection and more like 10 foot is what we like to see and uh when they bobble like that um normally before you know this last six months when i saw that that would mean that i had an extractor that wasn't quite right usually or sometimes a recoil spring that would impact bolt carrier speed and we'd swap out the extractor put in a new recoil spring and make sure that every single round was ejecting sweetly and um so just you know i'd run half a mag or three quarters of a mag and everything would be groovy and then i'd just get this one on the ground and then so yeah i spent 50 hours over three days Jeez. just oh my blowing, you know, thousands of do- eh, thousand dollars worth of ammo probably. But my sure. time, you know, product taking production down like that is, mm-hmm. is, is, yeah. Scary. Well, that and thinking it's your rifle and yeah, yeah. not knowing, then yeah. you put the time into, yep. you know, tuning the rifle and yep. that's not the issue. So. And then I, uh, I ran into one round where it was so big that it wouldn't even chamber. And I was out on the range going, what the heck? And <laughs> oh so I God. pulled out my, I'm like, these guns are out of headspace. And then I checked on my headspace gauges and I was sweet. We were right where we wanted to be. And right that's what let me figure out that we were dealing with an ammo problem. Yeah. And uh, so that's the, so that's, that's something our, our listeners need to be aware of. Yep. So yep. if you're out there shooting and your gun isn't performing like it normally has, uh, you might want to check into your, to your ammo. Yep. And I don't, I wouldn't, this is not to panic everybody. This no, is, this I, is I, a public service announcement. Uh, yep, know? yep, that just, uh, you know, you're going to get more opportunities to practice malfunction drills in, <laughs> in your range time, and uh, we can all feel grateful for that. Brian, always and, looking at the positive. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the vast majority of ammo out there is safe. I don't know that the, um, uh, that yeah, I think the incidence of dangerous ammo I don't know if it's higher or lower. I'm just seeing with these headspace issues mm-hmm. that you're going to see some variation in your ejection pattern um, that, that you might not otherwise experience. All right. Yeah, I'll just interject there, though. Um, and this is our good buddy, Drew. Oh, hey, hey everybody. What's going on, guys? Um, you know, this brings up actually a really good point just in general for all guns, not just AKs. But when people have problems with their firearms, they're just super quick. Oh, there's something wrong with my gun. There's something wrong with my gun. There's something wrong with my gun. 95% of the time, it's probably something wrong with your ammo. Um, don't ever take your gun and send it back or do that. Try a different brand. Try a different grain weight. Trade Try load. something different. Um, ammo-wise. Yeah. Am, ammo-wise. I know it's kind of difficult right now, but just for future, just for the listeners, just to you know, keep it in your head. If you have a problem with your gun, don't just jump to the conclusion that it's your gun because it's probably not. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be. Don't get me wrong. Yep. 
but a lot of times yeah. it's the ammunition and it has nothing to do with your gun at all. Yep. So just, you know, do a, do a couple checks before you, you know, freak out and think my gun's jacked up. Yep. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with how to deal with malfunctions in a gun, there are lots of great trainers um, that, you know, good time to get training. Um, even though ammo is really expensive, uh, there has never been a more critical time to get trained. And so uh, if you, you know, yeah, if you haven't experienced what that's like, you know, dealing with double feeds, you know, all the type, type one, type two, type three kind of stuff, like stove piping where the, the round doesn't eject really all the way, it kind of flips around and the spent round gets stuck in the ejection port. Um, our good buddy James Yeager is here, Jared Seagraves with 212, James Yeager Tactical Response, both of those guys offer phenomenal training and um, yeah, it, it's a great time. That I think training on a legislative level is going to be under attack for logistical reasons. Getting to and from training might get difficult. This is a good time to get on it if you don't know how to clear those things. All right. And uh, uh, our student center here this week, you know, they took advantage of that. Uh, our lead heads, we've got several lead heads here in class. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, if, if you are uh, in another state, another area, and you're interested, I know I've had a couple contact me already. Um, interested in having this course in their their neck of the nation uh get in touch with me talking at gmail.com and uh, we can talk about it and uh, i'll talk to you about what you need to do to make that happen you know, uh, we're doing our part to keep the training going definitely and we have fun here too you know this this is not just a a rifle course brian has made it fun by bringing the armorers uh, bit into it as well you know teaching the the deconstruction of the of the bolt all the way down to its bare necessities and, mm -hmm. and then reconstructing and uh you were doing the uh, the trigger today the firing firing control group yeah no it's a terrible time don't come it's no fun at all no it's, it's no not fun. like grown-up summer camp we don't cut up we don't go out to dinner we do like we do cut, we have competitions we've done some uh some competitions between the students after uh they run their drills and whatnot we've got two today scheduled for the end of the day uh, giving away some awesome prizes, some awesome cool swag. Everybody got shirts, dump trays, uh, all kinds of stuff. Andrew from Century Arms brought some uh, swag patches and T-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff. So we we make it fun for our students. We have a good time. And then, of course, like you said, you know, it's it's not just like when class is done, we're done. We've been hanging out with the students. Uh, went to dinner last night with a couple of them. Charles, your Mandalorian uh, ODS-1775 owner. Yeah, by the time this comes out, uh, I will have posted those pics. I wanted to uh, not post. People have been asking for me to post pics of the whole gun, and I wanted to wait till he had it in his hands. He's a, a big supporter of ours. And, yeah, I was surprised uh, to, to see that because I, I remember it was a couple of weeks ago you were posting the you know, the parts that you were Cerakoting and getting ready for it. And, of course, everybody could tell by the paint scheme you know, it was going to be Mandalorian, uh, and I didn't know, you know, who it was going to or if we'd ever see it again. And then, lo and behold, it's here in class. I was like, yes. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's, fun gun. You did a good job on that one. It's beautiful. It turned out awesome. Well, thanks. I'm kind of an airman. amateur Cerakoter. I'm not the I'm not the one who Cerakotes most of the guns at Occam, but uh, my Cerakoter took one look at the job, and uh, Cody, my right-hand man, he's like, I got enough to do already. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. And, uh, 
you know, the great thing about Mandalorian is uh, the point of it is that it's got to look beat to shit. And so you can cover up a lot of <laughs> sins just by you, you hold the Serico gun a, a couple feet back and just fog black onto the top of it to kind of right. darken the whole, make it look dirty. And uh, so, yeah, I covered up a lot of sins on that gun <laughs> with, 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 uh, with grime. Oh, you wouldn't yeah. know it. It looks good. Well, cool. Thank you. So, Jeff, in, in your experience here at Royal Range, uh, what would you say would be the main reason why you guys get AKs in to work on them? What do you, what are you fixing or adjusting the most? Dealing with mostly the full auto stuff, there's not a whole lot that goes wrong on the AK platform in general. You get enough rounds through it, rails banjo, throw a weld at it, you might get 10, 20,000 rounds more out of it. Yeah. And tell it, Until I am unfamiliar again. with the term <laughs> rails going banjo, okay. so maybe you could uh, uh, educate Sounds us very here. southern, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so what happens is where the bolt actually runs on the rails. If Dropping you have enough there. rounds through it, it gets through the heat treat. If the heat treat's not that great, which we all know on the receivers on the AK, if the heat treat's not right, the gun's not right. Mm -hmm. Sure. So you get a lower quality AK, you put 10,000 rounds through it, 20,000, you never know. If the heat treat's not there, it actually wears through the rails. So very telltale. And so you right weld there. in, you know, do you do, you know, what percentage of those are, you know, the ejector is, is from what I understand, one of the first things to go. And one interesting thing I've run into is that if you use standard weld rod, um, it's very soft. And so what we've ended up doing is mixing in hard facing rod to get, to get a good, um, it's hard as shit and tough as shit after you're done with it. I'm curious what you guys do on those rails. You know, are you welding in new rails, like spot welding in new rails? Or what, you know, what's your, if you don't mind sharing your method, if it's a trade secret, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, basically all you do is get the rail as square as possible to the receiver and weld it in. Since they came out with a hard facing welding rod, it's been a game changer. You don't mm -hmm. have to use any of the cherry bomb, none of the surface hardening compounds it, it's a bear once you get it welded on to grind it yeah yeah it, it is polished, yep yep it works totally I mean, you can't go wrong with it you're going to pay a little bit more i mean you're not going to go out and buy 10 pounds a welding rod the same as you would er70 mm -hmm. but <laughs> er70 is like the garden variety tig rod um for those listeners out there, and yeah, I'm leaving it up to you to, to decode this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and TIG guys is um, there's there's kind of three different kinds of welding, and two of them, well, you can do all three on an AK. You're allowed to, and uh, one of our supporters, Jeff Kirkham, uh, is he, he uh, came up with a thing called the Kirkham Shelf, or that's what we call it. That's a magazine indexing shelf, and uh, he welded that first thing on. He took a spam can opener and he cut the back of the handle off it. And then he took some coat hanger and a couple car batteries on the back of a Hilux in Afghanistan and used the coat hanger to weld that, that <laughs> spam can opener handle onto the, the, the deal. So I'm here to tell you, I know of at least one guy, and I know when I was starting out, I used some really fine stick um, and, uh, and did that. But typically, 
most folks in the AK industry weld with wire, like a MIG gun, metal inert gas is what that stands for. And it's like a, um, there's a spool of wire that comes out the gun and it arcs and melts the, the wire and makes an arc. And there's typically either gas or flux on that, um, on that wire that, that um, allows the metals to flow together. But what most folks that I'm aware of that are doing it at a very high level, and that's not everybody. I know some really good guys that use wire, but most folks use something called tungsten inert gas where there's a little handle that is holding a, a tungsten uh, pencil and it shoots inert gas uh, around that pencil and then you get a, uh, you strike an arc and uh, melt the metal with that arc and the inert gas like uh, argon typically flows around that and keeps it from rusting or oxidizing. And then you add in different alloy wires to, um, or rods, uh, it's like a filler metal is what it's called. It's kind of like solder, um, but a different, a different idea, but functionally the same as if you're soldering. And you push this, this rod in and it, it um, greatly increases the strength of the metal and um, in the case of this hard facing rod, if you guys have ever seen bulldozers and stuff that have the lines etched onto the outside, that's where the metal is worn down and people go back with a, a what's called a stick welder, um, where they melt this very, very tough alloy steel onto the outside of the buckets on the bulldozers or, or oh, um, yeah, on the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. On buckets mm -hmm. and you know, anything that's got contact with earth right. and um, is, is the majority or all of your welding with, with TIG? I do a hundred percent. TIG. Mm -hmm. I mean, MIG is great. It's quick, fast, down and dirty. Just about everybody can MIG weld. If you can fill in the little dots we all filled in doing the standardized testing as kids, you can MIG weld. TIG welding takes a lot more practice. A little more dexterity. A little bit more dexterity. Yeah. But if you can ride a motorcycle, you can TIG weld. Does I can't mean? TIG weld. <laughs> <laughs> you're using both hands, you're using a foot. And the other foot is generally in, bent into shapes that we won't go into <laughs> just to get the right angle of everything. And your tongue has to be in a very particular corner of your mouth at the <laughs> same time. Yep. To make everything go yep. in right. Yep. So with, uh, with the class, Brian, um, what, um, with the students that you've had, what uh, do you think that they've had the most problems, I guess, dealing with in the armor's portion of this? We say it's the most difficult task for them. I'd say the fire control group is is for, by observation more difficult. Right. Just about everybody got through the bolt without trouble. It's it's really a wonderful design. Um, it's very simple, mm -hmm. and there's kind of only one way to do it. And with the fire control group, there's enough moving pieces where. Um, uh, you know, folks, some folks are very mechanically inclined and some aren't. And so um, I taught it a couple different ways. Um, James has been uh, uh, helping out with figuring out how to teach this stuff. And so we were debugging it a little bit because uh, doing the fire control group, a lot of people got stuck. And so the second time around, um, rather than have everybody do it on their own, um, we had people watch me. But before that, we just ended up um, making our guns safe, you know, pulling the bolt and bolt carrier out. And then just have, I just had them look at the fire control group and play with all the components and tell me how it worked. Yeah. And a lot of folks in their everyday life aren't dealing with machines. And it's one of the reasons I love the AK is how simple it is. And so even though it does- It has built-in tools. It has built-in <laughs> tools. Um, but 
you know, just uh, I would say if people are not mechanically inclined and or don't know much about the AK, pulling their bolt and bolt carrier and just looking, watching the fire control group. and it can be intimidating, yeah. It can, but I think just playing with the system as assembled without a bolt in it where you can watch everything, mm -hmm. I think that'll make just about everybody a better shooter because, yeah. you know, we talk about trigger reset a great deal. That's one of the fundamentals of, of marksmanship is to, to reset your trigger and pull your trigger smoothly and to look at the mechanisms there and to just discover for yourself how that whole thing works. I think... Um, it certainly made me a better shooter to understand how the gun works. And, right. And I think so. it adds to this, this course as well. So Ooh. I think it was a, a great addition. It's something that we weren't thinking about in the beginning, but then, you know, as it evolved, um, we decided to add this. I think, I think it was very good. I had several of the students come up and say, when they heard you were going to be here, that's when they signed up because they, <laughs> they, oh, well, cool. they specifically wanted to come for, for your portion of the class. So. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, great. It's It's been a lot of fun. It's a really nice group. Um, and uh, it's tremendously gratifying to see what the individual shooters have done with the guns that, that we've built at Occam. You know, probably 80% of the class is, is running one of our guns. And, you know, I shoot every, I've shoot i shot every single gun that's gone out our door. You know, I'm the guy that does final tests on these just because I your really, DNA on every it, one of them. Got a fingerprint on every one of them, but every person that works at Occam touches these guns. We don't have any, you know, everybody has their fingerprints on the gun. Right. Um, and uh, so I see them when they're freshly birthed out of the oven going out the door. <laughs> but they don't have a pistol, you know, a vertical for of an angled foregrip or a vertical grip or you know rail scales or right. where people put the lights what optic setup they're using like the primary arms they uh they've got a three power acss uh scope that somebody a gentleman's running that is really cool mm -hmm. and i didn't know about it and it's a really nice setup on our gun yeah we've actually talked about it here on the show we had we had primary arms on and they season two of the ak corner we talked about their um uh, AK-47 specific. Well, I knew about the it. one to six. I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. on, on no, when, and they, had, but they talked did. about that one too. Well, I, You were on the show, I think. Like I, think I said, I got squirrels <laughs> and they're at a rave. Yeah, but at any rate, it's any really cool. rate, um, I know, like I said, there were several of the students that uh, signed up specifically for you, so they're out on the range right now. Let's let them get their money's worth and uh, let's go out and shoot with them. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, AK heads, we're back. Uh, we're at day two still of the uh, Talking Lead AK Concepts here at Royal Range USA. And it's been a, uh, a packed couple of days, very busy, a lot of learning, a lot of education going on here. And uh, Brian Keeney, my consummate co-host here on the AK Corner, is joining me. Super happy to be back. Yeah, man, great to be here. Glad you guys could make the trip from idaho with all this snow we've had here was, it was, was dicey it was dicey yeah. but you southerners seem to know how to handle it it's working i don't know that all the southerners can handle it <laughs> but this young man did he was able to 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 get here and, and greet us and meet us is none other than our good buddy james jager well all the yankees were making Camden. fun of me for putting chains on my truck because <laughs> when I hit like six inches of snow, I'm like, I don't ever get to use these things, man. All right. Any opportunity, you know, you got to throw those chains on there. You know, that's I didn't actually, know those were still legal. 
Oh, uh, legal. Uh, I say legal schmeagel. That's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't follow any laws in which I was not personally consulted before their enactment. Let them let them try and catch me without their chains, right? <laughs> yeah, learning how to put on chains when you need them is the wrong time to learn how to put on chains. So, uh, yeah, if if you guys out there have bought those chains but haven't tried them out yet, yeah, good time. Dry runs on, on a sunny day are really nice for figuring that out. Well, I'm starting a group for a snow chain uh, carry in all 50 states. <laughs> snow <laughs> chain so carry. If anybody wants to join that, uh, they can follow a link. I think you get a good following for that, <laughs> definitely. I don't think I've ever personally used the, the chains. Do they use them a lot in Idaho? No, no, like, but people up where I am have two sets of tires and two sets of rims. Standard snow tires? Yeah, you know, um, plug for Blizzak tires, and they, they are studless. It is a foam rubber, and um, the siping, the, the cuts are really deep, and there's grit mixed in with the rubber, and what the it's almost like a sponge and the sponge pushes the water you know when you're going over ice you're actually melting the top molecules of water and making them liquid and when you slide on ice you're typically actually hydroplaning mm -hmm. and these tires have these pores in them that move the water out of the way and get the grit down onto the ice and they are magic and uh, so there's a bunch of studless options out there that are very high performance and uh, work really well. So uh, I take it you're using these tires now. Oh yeah, okay. and in my wife's car she has a, a CRV. Mm -hmm. I cannot get it to skid out under 25 miles an hour. Like rallying in the thing, I can't get it to cut loose. And uh, it's they're amazing technology. So uh, that's been a new thing. Uh, I grew up in Rhode Island with tons of ice, and I, my dad was like, yep, standard rubber cracked tire, you know, cracked rubber tires are great for you, son, learn how to drive. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, my old business partner is a good friend of mine still, uh, uh, comes from Alaska, and he clued me into the good stuff, and it is the Blizzaks are where it's now, at. Now, those kind of pricey? They're not cheap, but uh, before I got them, my first winter in Idaho, I was being cheap. And I was driving my wife to, and kids to the airport. I went under an overpass at 65 on what I thought was a dry road, patch of ice under there. I, sw I was going 60, 65 in the wrong lane of oncoming traffic. And I'll tell you, when your whole life is about your children, um, it seems really friggin' stupid to save money on tires. Yeah. Well, I know this podcast isn't talking snow tires, but <laughs> one, one last thing. In, in the South, a lot of guys kind of lose, lose sight of it, but snow chains work great in the mud. Like if you have a farm or something like that and it's raining, snow chains work fantastic in the mud. That's a good tip. Really good. That's a fantastic point. Yep. You yep. know what else works really good in the mud? <laughs> An AK-47. <laughs> that's, a, that's a segue right there. Yeah, that's what that's called. That's what you call a segue. Reel it in, baby. Reel it in. The guy, the guy that invented the segue died on one. The he, little two-wheel thing? Yeah. Yeah, he rolled off a cliff. He had one of the outdoor ones. Is that went, for real? Segwayed into heaven, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for real. I'm not even joking. No. That's too but good But your to description be true. was pretty good there. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> So we're at Royal Range USA, and uh, we're running the AK Concepts course here with uh, 212 Training Group. They're out on the range right now, which we're going we're gonna to join them here in just a little bit. Uh, but James has been joining us all, all weekend. We appreciate you being here. Uh, 
in just kind of a fly on a wall perspective, um, what have you noticed and seen uh, going on here? Um, so the, it's what's great. Like people ask me all the time, how do I stay enthusiastic as a as a trainer? And I tell them I don't have to be, because when students show up, they are. Like they bring that enthusiasm with them. And so every time I come to a class, these guys are all enthusiastic, positive attitudes, ready to learn stuff. And so it just makes it easy for guys teaching to to instill these lessons with them. And uh, so this is no different than any other class, but it's it's good because they got Brian here uh, and uh, Jared and the crew out there on the range and they get a, a taste of both of these aspects of the gun. So it's really kind of a, an eclectic kind of mix of stuff, but uh, everybody's getting good information here. Yeah, there's several uh, tactical response alums taking this, this yeah, course too, yeah. yeah. Well, Brian's in the, in the you know, we're, we're kind of mobbed up at tactical response. Right. And, you know, Brian's a made man, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is it is uh, uh, no understatement that without tactical response, there would be no Occam defense, not even hardly. And so uh, James uh, especially, but also my fellow students there have been big supporters, both financially and socially, emotionally, however you want to put it in terms of that. Um, fraternity of, of alums um, it's been really great and a, a lot of the alumnus or alumni are uh, um, are customers of mine and uh, a lot of people um, a lot of my customers who I haven't met before also showed up to this class mm -hmm. and so it's been great to put um, faces to guns and because we write a love note to every customer there you know as they're going out the door like you know Hey Randy, thanks so much for for buying one of our guns, that kind of thing. And so that's I not know. what mine said. <laughs> <laughs> Randy. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, so, we know every gun that goes out our shop has somebody's name attached to it as it's moving through. And so it's been really cool to put, um, yeah, put yeah. put faces to guns. And, and we mentioned this earlier, but it's like eighty percent of the class are running the ODS seventeen seventy five. So I thought that was kind of cool too i wasn't expecting that that many uh of your customers to be in the in the course so that's awesome well the the and last listeners too yeah the last thing that i want to be building are safe queens and i've i've thought of baptizing every one of them in gravel before they go out the door and i haven't just as a protection against safe queen uh, behavior yeah. and i want my guns it's to be like run. getting a new pair of shoes you gotta scuff them up a little, a little, little bit, bit like that and so it's great to see our guns getting shot um you know, we this is a an important mission for us to arm uh, responsible Americans with with the best fighting gun we know how to make, and uh, just to watch people doing the right thing and getting training along with that gun is awesome. So tremendously um, inspiring to be here and see that. So James has got a, a 1775. Yep. What? Go ahead. Well, well I mean, just like uh, zooming out. Like uh, I've been teaching since 1996, and if if it was before 2002 and you showed up at a training class, the AK was not the AK. It was the Kami gun. You brought a Kami gun to class. And, uh, you know, back then it was, it was kind of a wild world as far as AKs. You might have, there might be a, you know, a, a Polytech or some, you know, you know, whatever, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But um, in 2002, Time Magazine had the first picture of a, bearded, tattooed, former Special Forces 
turned a civilian contractor on the right. cover, and the world changed almost overnight. It became in vogue to have an AK. I mean, it changed. It was the, all, all the new hotness then. Yeah. And uh, so if you think back to then, the only accessory really available for an AK then was an Ultimac rail. Mm -hmm. That was it. There really, there really was nothing was for it. an AK. You couldn't, unless you got a Chicom chest rig, there was no real gear. <laughs> there really wasn't. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and so, you know, we fast forward to now and, you know, it's like a it's like, like AR. AR there's, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff for them, uh, but it's been a, a very unique route. But along the way, I've seen all kinds of AKs, and um, like uh, we use Century Arms AKs for our, our rental guns, and we just run the shit out of those guns. They work fine. Yeah, uh, they're, they're great. The uh, but it's a it's it's a it's a working man's gun. Like it's just a, a no frills, get the job done gun. Brian's are more along the lines of a, I'm not going to say like a, they're not fragile, but like a Ferrari. Like a Gucci. A, attention to detail, um, precision. Precision, yeah. That that, uh, that you won't find. You can't mass produce. You couldn't mass produce that gun. And so um, so for folks looking for that, that, that type of precision, uh, the type of precision that has never existed in an AK in the history of that gun, well, they, they have to buy an Occam because it has no peer. Yep, absolutely. And that's what I like about what Brian, the innovation that you're bringing to, to the AK, you know, rifle. You know, you're bringing the innovation, you're bringing, you, like I said earlier, you're bringing it to the 21st century. You know, and, and that's adding to the popularity, I think, to it uh, as well and the demand you know, we've seen the demand for the AK over the past five years just, you know, skyrocket. And they're damn near impossible to get right now just because of, you know, all the importation bullshit and, you know, the getting the parts and, and whatnot. So, yeah, the the social phenomenon of COVID, um, by which I mean not just the virus, but the reaction to it and the social interactions has really um, put the the industry on its head a bit and so um you know the the lack of availability availability is not from anybody trying to squeeze supply or anything it's you know every company i know including century is working as hard as they can to get through this and um so yeah people are people well, are working incredibly is, hard in the industry yeah. to get this going and it's just and I think really the tough COVID right now. the whole covid um fiasco is going to you know, lead to more American innovation into where we're making more and more of the, the AK parts to where we're not going to be reliant on the you know, importation any longer. If I had to forecast Brian's future, he doesn't want this future, but he will be that guy that, that, that brings to market this piece and that piece and this piece of an AK that before was not available inside the U.S. He doesn't want to be that guy, but unfortunately he's at bat. You know, <laughs> necessity dictates, you know, and, and we've yeah. seen we've seen you come out. You know, you started off with the rear sight towers, you know, you started making those. You came out with the Merc handguards and you just like, let me just do my whole rifle. Now you're doing, you know, the butt stocks because, you know, it's like uh, this doesn't really fit that my yeah, profile but he's, for my he's, rifles. But so. he's been dragged into each one of those positions. But he's doing it, you know, that, that's, that's what I like about it, you know. That, that's exactly and right. Necessity, <laughs> the American necessity, you know, we 
we'll, we'll start innovating and creating and making our own, own parts. I, 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 I think tried to kick him off the high dive, and he wasn't <laughs> having it. Yep. No, James was saying for years, if you want people to adopt your parts, you got to put them on a gun for them. And uh, I didn't want to believe him, and he was 100% right. Um, and, no, it, it's been – a lot of like the whole reason we went to 1913 retrunions is because you couldn't get stocks because there was no plastic you know the way that u.s injection molding works is that they buy plastic pellets from china and even if it's made in the u.s that material generally comes from china and uh people couldn't get it and so you couldn't get a stock for an ak and so i said screw it you know i've wa i wanted to do the 1913 retrunion for a while and I was just going to be doing them as an option. And then there was no option. And so I got to do a trunnion and a stock at the same time. You know, it was something, it was a good innovation. I just didn't want to have to do it right then because yeah. all this innovation costs serious money that takes a while to pay back. And so, you know, I try to do, I try to say no as much as I can and get real, just do what we already do as well as we can. But yeah, nature is dictating that we just keep moving forward. Are you doing a competition right now? Where we will be in the next few minutes. Okay. Uh, if I'm not out there, would you video it? Yeah. Okay, thanks. That meant no. That's like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> motherfucker. Get your ass out here. <laughs> the head instructor doesn't have enough to do. Okay. Hey, put your banana clips back in there. There's supposed to be another one. So James, talk about your, your first exposure to the AK-47. I, I couldn't put my finger on the like the first the, uh, the first time I touched one, but it, it was in the early 1990s. I mean, I can't remember not shooting one in the early 90s. I mean, yeah. back then, you know, it was when you could buy an SKS for 50, $59 and things like that. So um, that that is what made all the uh, 7.62 by 39 flow into the country was the how inexpensive the SKSs were. And then all the, the, you know, like the first SKS I bought, bought the SKS, a 30-round mag and a 1,440-round case of Chinese steel core ammo out the door for, for 200 bucks. Damn. And I thought the guy was ripping me off. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm paying too much for this. Yeah. Uh, but um, I really can't remember, like, the first one that was in a class. It's just they kind of always been around. Mm -hmm. They were kind of like just you know here and there but that that kind of that bookmark in 2002 like before that we might we I don't think we ever had two AKs in a class at the same time then we went from 2002 to say 2012 there were times when just by chance it was completely AKs in the class especially when 545 was cheap mm -hmm. and available so so you know there it's ebbed and flowed but it has found a it's found a homeostasis now. It's it's they're pretty even, but there are yeah. still times we have classes that are all ARs or all AKs, you know, just, just by happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. just because you don't dictate no, your classes. Just like yeah, people like when when AKs after two thousand two, all these guys would start started having AK classes, and people would ask me like, "Hey, when are you going to start doing AK classes?" I go, "I've been doing it for ten years. <laughs> it's called fighting rifle." Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't do fighting Glock. You know, you bring whatever gun you <laughs> got pistol. to the, yeah, yeah, you bring your gun to the class, I'll teach you how to shoot. Uh, so, uh, in, I mean, back in the day, it was a lot of MP5s and FALs, you know, if it wasn't AR-15. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, but uh, 
I don't even know what the hell I was talking about, but anyway. So, so your first your first exposure to the AK. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, like I said, the, it just kind of that bookmark of 2002 kind of changed the whole world as far as AKs. It went from being the bad guy's gun and no really accessories available to now it's it, not, not only is it a good guy gun, it's the cool guy gun. The cool guy, yeah. Yeah. You think we're going to see it in John Wick? You see John Wick run it in the next John Wick movie? I know it's in the next John Wick movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody knew it, and, 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 and I ain't saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know a friend of mine, Rock Galati, is the one that's doing the guns. You know, he's yeah, I know Rock. Right, yeah. So he's the one that's doing it. So nice. Yeah. Right. So it, I, I'll just tell you, for all of us guys that like those movies, and I do, um, you, you'll you'll dig it. Sweet. And. and uh, and I am not one of those guys that watches a movie. He goes, oh, that that magazine doesn't hold 32 rounds. Like, I'm paying my money to not be in reality yeah. for a while. That just adds to the not being in reality, right? Yeah, All just the, get, the cra- get, get crazy, you know. I love it. Man. What's the – as far as the gun movies go, what's probably the most – um, I guess inaccurate gun movie that you've seen, but oh, you gosh. still really enjoyed. True Lies. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. What kind of sick bitch takes the ice trays? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one that had Tom Arnold? Yeah yeah. 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 I love that one. That was a good one. And then Arnold. James, there's that old. Is it James Woods movie you showed me forever ever ago? It was maybe Emilio Estevez. They're all gun sight dudes. The oh. the inverse, the really good one. No, you're uh, you're talking about um, Boy of the Gun. That's what it was. Yeah, James yeah. Woods wasn't in that one. That was Benicio del Toro and Ryan Felipe. That's a real good gun movie. Was it James Caan? James Caan. Yeah. That's right. He's he's a, he's an old gun sight guy, and all those old James Caan movies like Thief and all those those are really good gun guy movies from back in the day. You know. Yeah. What uh, you said, Ryan Felipe uh, Shooter. What do you think about that? TV. Yeah, I, th- I, I liked it. I like all. Those I thought it was pretty shows. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought mean, it was pretty good. Like I said, I'm I'm not trying to be in reality, you know. So I'm trying it's to escapism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Very cool. Are you into the Marvel shit at all? Yeah, hundred percent. All my whole life, like from a little kid, I've been Gosh. into Iron Man and Spider Man. God, love it. Yeah, I didn't know that about you. The so dude I, wears Mickey Mouse shirts unironically. <laughs> Unironically, okay. He's wore, he's all in on the comic book dude, and Disney dude, stuff. Dude, I, I, I wore a, a Mickey Mouse shirt to Sturgis, and this girl said, "I don't think I'd have wore a Mickey Mouse shirt to Sturgis." I said, "I don't think I'd fuck with the guy that wore Mickey Mouse." Be questioning him. You know, looping back around on the Ultimac. Um, yeah, I've mentioned this maybe on the show before, but I've gotten to be really good friends with the guy that machines them in Moscow, Idaho. And the folks that run Ultimac are also named Keeney. Really? It is a bizarre world. And are you related? We don't know. You don't know? No. Well, so you need to have a, a family tree. If, like If they were in Tennessee, they would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to do a family tree like, uh, what was the guy that was talking Pierre. about? Pierre. Pierre, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's from he's Lebanese. Yeah, they, he's got like he's from Lebanon, to, not Lebanon, not Lebanon. Lebanon Le- Tennessee. Le- Lebanon's in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Quebec, <laughs> Quebec, Tennessee. It's not Quebec. It's Quebec. 
we get a common question on here uh, from our listeners on the AK Corner. Uh, you know, what's what's the ideal way to set up your your AK? How the do way, you run your AK? The so, way that works. <laughs> light, sight, <laughs> sling in that order. Some kind of good white light, surefire. Some kind of good white light so you can identify what you're shooting. Some kind of uh, optic, like a red dot, that it's a force multiplier. And then finally a sling. A sling is a holster to a rifle. So in that order, light, sight, sling. Perfect. Oh, oh yeah, training. Training is key. Well, training is the only thing that you can buy that makes all of your guns better. I agree with that. And James will want to kill me for saying this, but I would rather somebody buy a Wasser and training than buy one of my guns and no training. I was going to say that. I thought he'd kill me. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the truth. Like I, I, yeah, training is is so much more critical than the gun. Yeah, and you know, training can be given as a gift too. So if you really love your loved ones, you can uh, <laughs> birthdays, holidays, Valentine's Day, you know. Well, here, training it, makes a great gift. Here's the funny thing. I grew up poor, like on welfare poor. So we're, I, as far as I know, we're the only training company that has a layaway. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. So Tactical I, I, response. I, I get that struggle. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, that was no dig on Wasser. Like like I've said on the show before, for the money, great value. And and it will run. You Who know? knows what Wasser stands for? I heard you say it the other day, but I did not know before that. Go ahead. Andrew? No. Come on. Say. It, it, does, it stands for nothing. No, it does. <laughs> it does. It's it, William. What are, what are the owners? What are their names? Sutures, yeah. Sutures? Yeah. yeah. It's named after one of the kids. Named after three. It's like William Allen Suture, right? Yeah, uh, rifle. Yeah, so it's it's named. At, but it sounds like it would be some kind of you know com block. <laughs> right. It fits in perfect. Same thing with Visca because it's named after one of the kids too. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's uh close. It's it's Vermont stamped. I think Kalashnikov automatic something like that. Is that like what that. it is? Yep. I thought yep. it was named after one of the kids. Maybe yeah. it is. The story I got from one of them guys was... The kid's was, name's Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> you just make up stories. Yeah, yeah. tell people all kinds of shit, and that's the truth. I love it. Just don't verify my stories. Just go with them. Yeah. Don't fact check me at all. Yeah, yeah. don't fact check me. It's not a thing. Not a thing. Well, this has been fun. Um, I, I know we need to get to the range here and go shoot because you're... Heck uh, yeah. Your audience wants you there. Uh, but, James, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get you back on one of the real AK Corner <laughs> shows. Real? Well, we've got an actual topic. This is pretty real here. I mean, there's a lot no, of AK shit going on here. <laughs> this is real. I wish I wish all our listeners could be here. And I've done some live feeds, so I hope you guys have, uh, were able to check out our live I'm feeds. I'm glad all your listeners are not here. I know some of them. <laughs> and you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> So, uh, Leadheads, until next month, the AK Corner, make sure you go and support all those that make this show uh, possible. IWI US, check them out. Uh, Occam Defense Solutions, AK Corner. Oh, SEAL 1, uh, go check out SEAL 1, Clean Loop Protect, Mission First Tactical. And make sure you use the uh, discount codes LEADHEAD, and you're going to get discounts uh, at all those places, except for Occam. Yeah, sorry. We wish we could, guys. We're just selling them as rock bottoms. But if you let him know right that you're a leadhead, he'll throw a patch or a shirt in. And a special love note. All right, leadheads, that wrapped up part one of our interviews 
there at Roll Range USA for our AK Concepts class that we did with 212 Training Group and Occam Defense Solutions. Uh, and really, please go support those that make this show possible. Uh, use those discount codes that we've got set up for you at seal1.net. Use Leadhead and at Mission First Tactical, you can use the code Leadhead there as well to get uh, some awesome discounts from our sponsors. Uh, and most of them have dif- discount codes set up for you. If you go to their website, just shoot me an email, talkingletgmail.com. Most of our sponsors and friends of the show have some special discounts just for you listeners. So part two coming up. Make sure you guys tune in. Don't miss it. It's going to be dropping soon after this episode. But until then, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. <laughs>